airing the Addisons. Well, let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh oh. Uh oh. Good afternoon. This is Erin Addison's here on American Family Radio. I'm Will Addison holding it down for the Addison tribe once again. Uh, send you greetings from the Addison family. Uh, and so, look, y'all got me. Y'all got me. And the thing was, I was telling Miki, <laughs> I said, Miki, you know, all those times where people say, um, man, why don't, why don't you let Will talk? Um, it seemed like you don't even allow him to talk. <laughs> Which we get a good laugh over now. At first, it was a source of like, man, what are people saying? But then it became like a, a source for laughter now. We because we we heard we've heard it so so many times. And I told Mickey, I said, man, they're gonna get tired of me now. They're gonna hear from me now. But this is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. I have a few things that I want to just get out the way. I'm glad just to be here with you guys. We see this as ministry. Uh, is ministry, is, is, is missions, is discipleship. We see this radio show as an extension of our family, the things that we talk about. And so it's our honor and our privilege uh, to be able to, to come every day, every weekday, and, and to do this. So well, a couple of things. You can download our podcast at AFR.net. If you go to the, the homepage there, it has a tab that says podcast. Just search for Aaron Addison's. You can find us right there. And also you can email us at addisons at AFR.net. Addisons at AFR.net. We're going to be talking, I think, in the second segment, uh, whenever my brothers come in, about uh, In His Image, the documentary. It launches today. And we'll give you more details about that. Uh, and also, I want you to check out uh, AFA.net. And if you go to events, Check out um, the Living the Gospel During Difficult Times and uh, see which ones are coming up next. Uh, there's a, a, a sign-up thing there so you can register because these events happen in different places across the country. But it's very, very good events. Uh, my brother Abraham Hamilton III takes part in it. Uh, Walker Wildman, Wesley Wildman. Uh, just a great time of equipping. So go to afa.net slash events and check those out. All right. Well, today... In this first segment, I want to uh, kind of talk to you about something that's been on my heart lately. I've been reading through the book of Daniel, um, but it brought me back. It brought me also to something that was uh, laid out in the New Testament. And that's the importance of fellowship uh, within the body of Christ. Fellowship is of the utmost importance. And Acts chapter two gives us the account of the birth of the church at the day of Pentecost where the Holy Spirit uh, a promise indwelled the disciples forever, changing them personally and the landscape of history. That was a historic event, not only for the church, but just for the world. <laughs> and Peter rose, he arose at this moment to address those in his hearing about what was happening in their midst. 
uh, for some uh, for some thought that this uh, display of the outpouring of the infilling of, of the spirit was drunkenness. So they were looking at these men and it was like, man, these people look like they've been drinking wine. And Peter, the Lord used him, um, that same Peter that denied Christ three times. He was now emboldened uh, through the Holy Spirit to address these onlookers. And as a result, verse 41, it says, So then those who had received his word were baptized. Uh, and that day there were added about 3,000 souls. God was truly making his disciples fishers of men. And then in verse 42, uh, some other great details were listed. It says, They were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. Four important things. Now, these elements should still be in place for our gatherings today, but I want to emphasize one of them, fellowship or koinonia. So they gave themselves to the apostles' teaching, the, uh, to fellowship, breaking of bread, and to prayer. But fellowship, I want to look at that. And it's important that every believer is a part of a local fellowship. It's very, very important. And I know in these days it could be hard to find a, a, a church home uh, that's, that's teaching the Bible. A lot of times it, 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 it can be a task to find a church uh, in your area. But the prayer, your prayer should be, Lord, show me that place. There, there's a place. I promise you that there's a place uh, close by you where uh, you can find a uh, godly fellowship. And so I want to encourage that uh, to find local uh, fellowship. A group of biblic biblically based mind minded believers that we can receive the word. We can experience true spiritual growth and have the intimacy of eating meals with and embracing each other's families and laboring in prayer. We all need that. And I'm seeing like even right now, as we've had young Timothy the, ba the last baby that we had, how the church has rallied around us, you know, and providing meals and things like that. It's just a, a, a great thing to be in a fellowship of the believers. Koinonia, this word uh, encapsulates the Christian fellowship or the body of believers. It's the intimate spiritual communion and uh, participative sharing in a common religious commitment and spiritual community. We all need it. We all need it. The Bible says in the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 4, verse 9 through 12, it says two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. For if either of them uh, falls, the one will lift up the, his companion. But woe to the one who falls when there is not another to lift him up. Furthermore, if two lie down together, they keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? And if one can overpower and if one can overpower him who is alone, two can resist him. A cord of three strands is not quickly torn apart. Very important that we have other believers in our lives. None of us can be lone ranger Christians where we feel like we can do this all by ourselves. Man, that that is difficult. And that's not the way that God has laid this thing out. He has provided other believers to be able to yoke uh, with and to, to lean on and to sharpen one another. And we need that fellowship. 
So even especially in these times, as we go forward, we see what's happening in our culture. We see what's going on. We're going to need uh, other believers more than ever before. We're going to need each other because it's going to get hot. Things are going to happen. You know, this world is 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 wicked. You know, things that and it's setting itself up to where Christians are, are going to continually be on the outskirts. So we're, we're going to need each other. We need koinonia. We need fellowship. And I'm reminded of something I just recently, recently read in Daniel chapter two. Uh, it's the story where King Nebuchadnezzar, and I think it was the second year of his reign, he began to have these dreams. And these dreams were very um, puzzling to him. They disturbed him. Uh, he lost sleep because of these dreams. And so he called his magicians and the Chaldeans and, and these, you know, different people to come and to not only interpret the dream, but to tell him his dream. OK, so he calls for these men to come and to tell him the dream and interpret the dream. Right. And so these men said, oh, king, tell us your dream and we will give you the interpretation. That's what the Chaldeans first. That's what they said. Tell us your dream. We'll give you an interpretation. But Nebuchadnezzar said, my word is firm. I want you to not only tell me the interpretation. I need you to tell me the dream. And so they went back and forth. And, and these men, these wise men, you know, these magicians and all these guys, they were like, no, if you tell us your dream, we'll give you an interpretation. And Nebuchadnezzar said, look, I know you guys are prone to lie. If I tell you my dream, you're just going to tell me something that's going to soothe me or make me feel I want you to tell me my dream and then also give me the interpretation. If you don't do it, I'm going to tell you limb from limb and your house will be made rubble. <laughs> so this was the situation. And so these guys are like, there's no man in the world that can do what you have said. There's no one that can do what you've requested, King. And so. Uh, and he said, oh, they said only the gods. That's what they said. And so King Nebuchadnezzar got infuriated. He was mad. And he said, I want all the wise men killed. Kill all the wise men in the land. All of those, the magicians, everybody, just kill them. And that's a pretty, uh, <laughs> I mean, it escalated pretty quickly. I mean, that's, that's pretty crazy when you think about it. But we get to the point where the king has sent out his uh, commander to to go out and to kill the wise men. And they make it out and they're looking for Daniel and they're looking for his companions, his friends. And I'll pick it up as uh, chapter two, verse 14. It says, then Daniel replied with discretion and discernment to Arioch, the captain of the king's bodyguard, who had gone forth to slay the wise men of Babylon. He said to Arioch, the king's commander, for what reason is the decree from the king so urgent? So Daniel is saying, like, why, what, what made it so urgent? Why have you called that all the wise men uh, be killed? Then Arioch informed Daniel about the matter. And so Daniel went in and requested of the king that he would give him time in order that he might declare uh, the interpretation to the king. Now, right there, that was a wise move by Daniel. See, because Daniel was not only asking for time so that he can uh, interpret this dream. But we look at verse 17 and this is what it says. It says, then Daniel went to his house and informed his friends 
Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah about the matter, so that they might request uh, compassion from God of heaven concerning this mystery, so that Daniel and his friends would not be destroyed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. See, this wasn't only a, a time request that he can get the interpretation for this dream. Daniel wanted this time so that he can go back to his companions and that they could pray and seek the Lord because they were in trouble. This is fellowship. This is koinonia. This is having some uh, a group that's ready to stand by you uh, in prayer and whatever you need, you know, and whatever's going on. They're there. They're there for you and they, and they want to help. And so we have Daniel reaching out to his friends because all of them, man, they were going to get they were going to be killed. But he went back to his friends. He told them what was going on and they requested a compassion from God, the God of heaven concerning this mystery. And so Daniel and his friends would not be destroyed. So then after that, the, um, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in the night vision. God answered their prayer. Man, it's, it's, it's such an awesome feeling when you have something that you that you go to God in, uh, in prayer for, you know, and you bring it before the body of Christ. You bring it before your brothers and sisters and say, man, I need prayer for this. And then when God answers, man, you know, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. And Daniel said, let the name of God be blessed forever and ever for wisdom and power belong to him. Uh, it is he who changes the times and the epochs. He removes kings and establishes kings. He gives wisdom to wise men and knowledge to the men of understanding. It is he who reveals the profound and hidden things. He knows what is in the darkness and the light dwells with him. To you, O God of my father, I give thanks and praise for you have given me wisdom and power. Even now you have made known to me what we requested of you. For you have made known to us the king's matter. And in verse 24, it ends up, Therefore Daniel went in to Ariok, whom the king had appointed to destroy the wise men of Babylon. He went and spoke to him as follows, Do not destroy the wise men of Babylon. Take me into the king's presence, and I will declare the interpretation of the king. It's important. It's important that we have fellowship, true koinonia, we're brothers and sisters in Christ. We have to be a part of a local fellowship. We have to be a part of a body of believers that we can join together and we can pray when we have these needs, these things that arise, these uh, terrifying things that may happen in our lives. We're able to go with the brothers and sisters and pray and cry out. And we can uh, bank on God hearing and answering our prayers. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. Be right back. Arena Addison is here on American Family Radio. I'm Will Addison, once again, holding it down for the family. <laughs> uh, again, greetings from the Addison tribe as we expand our territory. <laughs> God has been good. He's blessed us with um, our children and 
man, you can just see how they are just growing each and every day. It's just a blessing to be able to disciple them, you know, in the ways of God, especially living in the culture that we're living in today. But I have some special friends in the studio with me today. Special, special. We've been talking about this documentary uh, in his image for a while. We had uh, Stephen Black on uh, to talk about it as well. Abe came on, talked about it. But now we have Austin Brooks and M.D. Perkins. Hey, Will, how are you? Man, I'm doing great. I'm Glad doing great. Here. Thank you for coming and talking to me about this. And this is a very, very important day. A very important day for a very important documentary. What's yes. happening today? Well, today we are officially premiering and launching the film In His Image. Uh, it is available to watch for absolutely free at mm. inhisimage.movie. And you can still have the opportunity to purchase the, uh, the DVD set there. But uh, the film is there. It's up and it is uh, viewable now. So you can go to inhisimage.movie and you can watch it today. Awesome, man. So In His Image, uh, as you survey the things happening in our culture, but more specifically, you know, I would say, uh, how our culture has been pushing in on the church. What was the, uh, some of the important things uh, that, that made this documentary relevant for right now? Like, why now uh, to do this? Well, it's important um, right now with everything that's going on in the culture and the pushes against the church and the increasing levels of acceptance across the culture at large, mm. that Christians wake up and and start to take these matters seriously. It's not good enough for us to just sit back and feel like yeah. we have the right th we have the right viewpoint in our head without actually being able to share that and speak right. that to anybody else. Right. And of course, like you mentioned, discipling our children, training our children in the way they should go. Yeah. So I mean, whether we like it or not, these things are all around us, and we yeah. have to give credible and compassionate answers to the questions that we're being asked about homosexuality and transgenderism. You know, that was a time I was talking to Miki about this, where, you know, when we talk about this type of stuff, we're like, we have to kind of sit back and say, we're we really talking about this? You know, and that was a time we, we were um, talking about this during Sherathon, where Brother Don, he had said a lot of things back in the 70s, 80s, you know, about what was coming, and people were looking at him like, you know, he was crazy, right. yeah. you know, but now we find ourselves in this moment where even in the church, this stuff has entered in, you know, uh, can I be a, a gay Christian and things like that. What are some of those uh, questions that will be answered by this documentary? Well, we answer a lot of questions in this documentary, but some of the biggest ones are, can you be gay and Christian? Mm -hmm. What does that mean? <laughs> uh, the terminology behind gay Christianity and what actually comes with that. Yeah. And uh, we talk about um, what if someone genuinely feels like they're trapped in the wrong body. Mm. Uh, essentially, we want to provide people with the tools necessary to look at Scripture and wrestle with the idea of, do I believe what the Word of God says? What yeah. does the Word of God say? Do I believe it? And if I do, am I submitting to it in the way that I need to be submitting to it? Yeah, and you, have, you guys have some great interviews. Like, What was the process of even... Picking those people, you know, were like, was it like an interview process or, you know, how did you come about with these? Yeah, I mean, the choosing who, who we would film for yeah. the documentary was one of the more challenging parts of the process. <laughs> it required a lot of prayer and a lot of research. Yeah. You know, because you don't want to just put anyone up on the screen to speak to these issues. You want to make sure that they're credible, that they know what they're talking about, that they've spoken about these issues publicly before, mm -hmm. and that they're landing on the right side, the biblical side of it, too, and that they've got a good way of communicating it. So, you know, our director, Kendra White, just took a lot of time and careful attention. Austin and I were both involved in the process, you know, but 
really it was when we found people like Stephen Black that yeah. you mentioned, or Laura Perry, or yeah. Walt Hire, or Denise Schick. Mm-hmm. You know, these are the people that feature as testimonies. Yeah, in the documentary. So um, having those those real life experiences of having felt certain things, walked through these temptations and experiences, and met the Lord and was radically transformed, and then the process by which they they embarked on this road of sanctification and yeah. now are walking with the Lord faithfully, know God's faithful provision and care, knowing God's mercy, like all of those things evident in their lives. Mm. That was just, I mean, personally, that was so uplifting for me. Yeah. But also, I mean, that was the, the real missing ingredient as we were going along, because we knew we wanted to deal with the scriptures. We knew we wanted to deal with medical science and some of these things, but mm. it was finding those testimonies that was the real key. I remember when we were filming, after we had filmed Stephen Black and Laura Perry, we kind of all looked at each other like, okay, now we're finally actually getting the movie that we were seeking out to make. Wow. And that was something I was going to ask. Was there some moments or a moment that stuck out? And that, that's probably one of them. Yeah, for sure. We, yeah. I would and, say that with all the testimonies. All the like testimonies. When you, when you finish uh, hearing someone's testimony yeah. and the work that Christ has done in their life, there's just there's there's nothing like hearing... Uh, someone mm-hmm. come to Christ and, yeah. and the, their their testimony of yeah. that. So. Yeah. And so even putting this together, I know this topic could be one where people will feel like attacked or like, you know, you're coming at them. How did y'all even um, approach this topic? You know, because I know it wanted to be done out of compassion and love, but you still want to tell the truth. Like, what was that like? Just kind of hedging that out. It, it was difficult. It was it was hard. And, you know, when we were first deciding, you know, if we even wanted to do this to tackle this topic, you know, mm-hmm. we were all kind of like, are we sure we want to, you know, how are we going to do this? And and so probably one of the most important parts of the process that helped direct us in our thinking and how we're putting this project together was to cover this film with prayer. Mm. And so we did That's that. Good, we did that for uh, now for over a year and a half, we've had a prayer wow. group that meets twice a week, and we prayed over this film. We prayed over, you know, before we were going to shoot an interview with someone. We Man. prayed over, you know, should we include this? Should we include that? And so we really wanted there to be a compassionate, hopeful, encouraging message. Yeah. But in order to get people to the point of compassion and hope, you have to present the truth to them. Yeah. And sometimes it's hard and it can hurt to present truth to somebody yeah. in a way that they may not be, you know, accepting of, of right. hearing at that time. So it is filled with truth. Yeah. And um, but it's also filled with compassion and hopefully a great hope to people. Yeah. Having having uh, seen it myself and even what people are saying about it, you know, that's one thing that comes across that is not. Uh, that it has compassion and pa- you know, compassion in it and a love for the people who would be watching this and maybe with these challenges, you know. And yeah. I, I was going to ask you about that as well, um, the spiritual component, because we know with all the work that we do as Christians, there's a spiritual nature to everything that we're doing. Did, and, and putting all this together, could you feel the implications of, of doing that, like spiritually speaking, like the implications of this? Oh, absolutely. I mean... I remember at multiple points, part of the reason to enact this prayer group was the realization that spiritual warfare and spiritual attack was happening all around us. Yeah. And um, and we really needed to, for our own protection and for the protection of our minds and our families, to be, to be protected yeah. um, from these supernatural attacks and things that are going on. But, you know, I mean, when you deal with this issue, 
this whole issue of gender and sexuality, you're talking about an issue that people see is so fundamental to who they are that they are willing to identify themselves mm. in this way, in, the, in a way that they don't identify themselves with their, with their occupations right. or, or these other roles in their life. Right. But to, to identify so deeply with that, I mean, we're, we're getting to the foundational root of what it means to be made in God's image. Yeah. And then the marring of that by taking on these wrongful identities, these wrongful self-conceptions, these wrong ways that you identify with your own temptations and struggles to the point where that just becomes so normal. It's just the water you drink mm. and the air you breathe. I mean, there is a spiritual component there. I mean, yeah. Paul himself talks about the dangers of sexual immorality, mm. that they are sins against the body in a yeah. way that some of these other sins are not, and yeah. that they they carry these additional weight and, and additional kind of implications to them that, that other sins that are just in your mind or, or otherwise just don't. Mm. Man, and even like the um, just thinking about the, the technical side, you know, that spiritual side, and then there's the technical, just mm-hmm. doing the work. What were you guys' role uh, in putting all this together? I know you said Kendra did a lot of editing and, and stuff like that. What did you guys do as far as this? Kendra was the was the director and the primary editor. I assisted Kendra with some of the editing, okay, and then I also was the cinematographer on the project. So yeah. all the camera work and everything behind that, yeah. And then uh, Michael and I together, and really Kendra too. I mean, all of us kind of wear the producer hat. Yeah, but Michael was the the line producer on this, so he worked out all the logistics, and and Michael was also very integral. I would say in in speaking into the content. And, yeah. you know, we all would meet together and yeah. talk about, hey, here's this. I think the first cut of the movie was like four hours long, you know, because <laughs> you just you want to put it all in there. Right. And so, um, you know, deciding what to cut. And Michael's actually working on a book that's talking yeah. more in depth about <laughs> gay Christianity yeah. and the issues and the dangers of that. Um, and so that'll that'll be coming out hopefully next spring. So awesome. And that'll be a, another resource for, for churches, for just individuals and pastors we need something like that in our hands, you know, to be able to Absolutely. read and, and yeah. be able to answer some of these questions. Because I think a lot of people, they're, they're being hit with this, you know, in, in maybe in, in ministerial leadership. And they're like, well, what is that? Like, right. <laughs> I never heard of this. You know, this would be something great uh, in that vein. Just to mention one other thing, Will, mm-hmm. the, with the first cut of the movie being four hours long, because we cut so much good stuff mm. we have created a second disc in the dvd wow. set that has over three hours of bonus content wow. extended interviews deleted scenes uh the, you know some of the, some more answers to common questions that yeah. people have that we just didn't have time to cover in the movie yeah so i would encourage people you know go to the go to in his image movie watch the movie and then if you are interested in additional resources and content to mm-hmm. be sure to get a copy of the dvd because that second disc has all that stuff that we had to get wow. So, Oh, yeah. man. I mean, you can't beat that. Yeah. <laughs> you can't beat that. Um, I know you guys have done a couple screenings. I think one was in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what the other one was. But what was some of the feedback that you got from those events? Well, the, the primary feedback that I think I received, at a, there was a screening in Michigan and then also the Michigan. Oklahoma City, okay. and um, was just overwhelming thanks from, from Christians just this gave me confidence. This helped me understand. This was exactly what I needed to hear. You know, those are the kinds of things that mm. I, that we heard a lot over that that weekend of people yeah. coming up and saying, "Wow, this is this is exactly what I needed to hear." So, thank you so much for putting it together. That's that's what I heard as well. People saying this 
before seeing this film, mm-hmm. I wasn't exactly sure how to approach my family member, how to approach my friend, how do I lovingly speak truth into someone's life? Yeah. And so a lot, we got a lot of comments from people who said this film is, gave me the tools, uh, the language that I need to use with someone who's struggling, and ultimately the confidence, because that's the biggest thing. It's always, yeah. you know, I think we mm-hmm. all feel that tug <laughs> from the Holy Spirit of like, that's you right. need to say something, you need right. to say something, but you don't want to say the wrong thing. And you want to do it in a loving way. And so I, I really hope and pray that this film is a, is a tool for people and it gives them confidence to be able to speak truth in a loving way into people's lives. Awesome. So to see it, they can go right now to right now. Right now. OK, it's so live. It's, it's live. So in his image, in his image, dot movie, dot movie, yes. in his image, dot movie. And if uh, someone wanted after they saw they wanted to purchase it, they can go to the same place. Same yeah. page, just Same scroll, page. scroll down, and there's a there's a donation form, and then okay. they partner with us and donate to the ministry. They can receive uh, the two disc set. So they'll get the both. Image. They'll get disc. both discs. Man. Yes, <laughs> all that extra That's content. Amazing. Yes. Okay. All right. Now, so what um, are you guys hope for this project? Like, what would qualify this as being a success to you? Well, I just I have so much hope that Christians are strengthened and enabled to stand firm on these issues. You know, Dr. Michael Brown talks about this idea of reach out and resist, that Mm -hmm. you reach out to the person who's lost and hurting, but you also resist the agenda, you resist a lot of the cultural pushes. And so being able to find that, the ability to stand firm in both of those ways, to be able to speak out compassionately, but also um, speak against a lot of the things that are rising up. I think Christians just need to be reinvigorated in their backbone and to mm. realize that this, these issues are not going away and your silence doesn't help anything. You yeah. need to get out and you need to speak and you need to be clear about what you mean when you say certain things. So yeah. get on board with this. Boldness. boldness. I think if, if this film can just give somebody the boldness and it, the confidence that yeah. we just talked about, then, then that makes it a success. If it, and and pl- calling people back to the truth of God's word. Yeah. The authority Amen. of scripture, Amen. you know, and it, it almost comes back to the last documentary that we did, The God Who Speaks, that mm-hmm. was all about the authority mm-hmm. of scripture. Mm-hmm. That's really what this issue is about. It's, yeah. Scripture is clear in what it says. Christians just need to really decide, am I going to submit to what the authority of God's word says? Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And I know, man, uh, AFS uh, has been putting out some great stuff, and I'm sure y'all have some things planned uh, for the future. Is this the vein that you see the ministry going into like really hitting on issues like like this one that people like practical issues that people are dealing with. Yeah, I think so because of the way that you know AFA as a ministry has existed in the culture yeah. over the years. Yeah, it just it fits. Yes. you know, yes. creating documentaries and church resources and tools that can inform and educate people. Yeah, and really. Uh, you know, call sin, sin and call people back to the truth of God's word. So, yeah, I think, you know, we've kind of moved into that. We've done some family feature films and we've done, Mm -hmm. you know, some more lighthearted projects in Mm -hmm. the past. But we're finding that uh, documentaries are a great way to uh, just present a powerful message to people. So it's funny, man. It it just feels like AFA, like the the DNA, you know, what we're called to do. Uh, here at this ministry to really provide that information and mm-hmm. and the tools that families and churches need to be able to stand within this culture. Absolutely. Man, so great to have y'all here. Thanks so much. In his image dot movie. That's right. right. In his image dot movie. Okay, in his image dot movie. Go right now. Well not right now, maybe after this show. <laughs> you can go and check it out. And also, man, you're gonna get uh if you wanna buy it, you can get those two discs. Man, you can't beat that. You can't beat that. 
This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. We'll be right back after this. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. I'm Will Addison, once again holding it down for the family. And in the first segment, we were talking about the importance of fellowship. I want to open up the phone lines if you would like to give me a call to talk about the importance of fellowship or if you have some comments to make about uh, the party platform that we discussed, uh, Miki and I discussed yesterday. Uh, Give us a call, 888-589-8840. Give us a call. Um, But just back to the idea of uh, of fellowship and koinonia, um, it's important that all of us, uh, I want to reiterate this, that all of us find a place of fellowship, you know, uh, amongst the believers uh, where we can go and experience the word of God being taught. You know, we can experience having those relationships that are born out of that, where we would have uh, uh, intimate times with friends of other with other believers, maybe at their homes, you know, uh, breaking bread and that we can have uh, those times of prayer with one another. That's. I tell you, we have uh, what we call, I guess, corporate prayer every Thursday at our church. And, you know, we have a, a, a lot of a prayer requests that we, we uh, pray about together. And there's nothing like it because we get to experience uh, carrying each other's burdens, being able to, to pray about things that concern our brother or our sister. And also the cool part about it, that when we come back, that's often pra- uh, praise reports, praise reports of what God has done. It doesn't fail that God is answering prayer. You know, I was thinking to myself today, man, why don't I pray more? When I think about what prayer is, when I think about, you know, the power, the potency behind uh, a prayer and what we're doing with, with, with praying, man, I'm like, man, I, I fall short. I fall short. I'm distracted. You know, things can easily uh, take my, get my attention. And I'm like, Lord, help me not to be distracted. Help me to, to be in a, in a posture, in a position of, of prayer. And there's nothing like joining together with believers uh, in a fellowship context to be able to, to pray. Also, something else happens when we're in fellowship with other believers. 
That's something that's sanctification that takes place. We grow when we are in fellowship with other believers. We, we all have different personalities and sometimes our personality types don't mesh. Things happen. There's friction. But we learn how to love one another through fellowship uh, in, with the body of Christ. We learn how to bear with one another. We learn how to not take things so uh, uh, seriously or to, to begin to like understand other people and, and, you know, what they may mean when they say this or that. Like we learn how to really be in relationship with our brothers and sisters. It's like being in, in well, I say it's like being, it is. It's being in a family. You know, you have siblings or you have relatives that, man, y'all just don't, don't mesh all the time. But man, at the end of the day, y'all family, y'all love each other. You know, and there's nothing that you can't get past when you're with that family member, when, you, when you're in that family. The same thing. We need that in the body of Christ. You know, my brother Abe, I always say, man, things are going to get hot and heavy. Things are going to be happening, you know, where the church is going to be persecuted. We need each other. We're going to need each other more and more as we, as we look ahead. There's no way that we can exist on our own. There was a season uh, in my family where we were not attending a local fellowship. Because we felt like we couldn't find anywhere to be able to 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 uh, link up with believers and, and 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 to have the type of fellowship that we were looking for, and, and you know for a time, God He allowed that. Like we were looking, but we just couldn't find you know. And at one point, we just started doing uh, so, uh, like a house church ministry with another family, and that was great. We had fellowship, and that and that counts as fellowship, you know. But then even that family moved away, and so we would do it at our house by ourselves. It's our family. But there was a season where God was like, no, like you need to get back into, you need to have more than just your, you, your wife, and your kids. Like there need to be more. And so we, did, we, we set out to begin to look, and we found a fellowship for that time that we were a part of. And praise God for it, you know. And I, I praise God for the fellowship that we are a part of now. And, and the intimacy there, the, the family structure there, and I'm telling you, it's important. If you don't have that, you are missing a whole lot. You're missing a whole lot, even as it pertains to your spiritual growth as a, as a Christian. You know, we all have, me and Abe talks, talk about this all the time, we all have blind spots. There are certain things, it's like when you're driving in your car, you know, and, and someone's on the side of you, you can't see them unless you turn your head completely around to see if, if anyone's on the side of you. Other than that, you can't see them through that rear view mirror. You can't see them through that side mirror. And so that's how our lives are. We have blind spots. And there's no other person better than a, a, a true brother, a true sister to say, hey, Will, I see this. this. This don't look too good right here. I think, man, this is something that needs to be addressed. We have to be bold even to do that within fellowship context. Because now we don't want to say anything to hurt anyone's feelings. We don't want to make, you know, we don't want to ruffle feathers. But man, true relationship, true koinonia does that. Where we're able to confide in our, in, our, in our brothers and sisters, where they're able to rebuke us, we're able to rebuke them, you know. And we're not seeking out to do that, but that's a part of it. And so the encouragement, even from the book of Acts, even from, you know, what the apostles did, they instituted that the apostles teaching fellowship, breaking of bread and prayer. And notice that fellowship and breaking of bread are two separate things. You know, there's two different things. And a lot of times in our in our construct, we think of fellowship as eat, just eating a meal together. Man, 
No, koinonia is true ministry within the body of Christ. Breaking of bread, ministry happens there as well, but it's two separate things. And so I just want to be an encouragement to the church and to everyone that, that's hearing me right now that, man, having uh, uh, that fellowship, that koinonia with other brothers and sisters is very, very important. And if you don't have it, if you're at a place where, you know, you just don't have it, pray to God that he would uh, show you where that place is or where those people are, where you can have true, genuine fellowship with believers. Let's go to the phone lines. Let's go to James in Tennessee. Hi, James. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Yeah, I was just going to come in on the fact that, that uh, you know, the lack of, of direct fellowship, uh, you know, in, in a um, um, worship service mm-hmm. during the COVID stuff was, you know, uh, really made things much more difficult. It, you uh, got a lot out of being in a congregation instead mm. of uh, trying to do it on your own Yeah, uh, each week. So I just, uh, I felt that uh, when you were inviting comments on that, I wanted to make a comment on that. Yeah. Yeah, James. I mean, that's definitely right. It's, it's you know, in the time that we're in now, you know, when they have these different uh, places that are locked down and stuff like that, man, you know, I, I really like what I see uh, John MacArthur doing. You know, our church, our local fellowship never shut down. We have a small, fe- smaller fellowship, but we, we never closed down. You know, and it, it's not like we're better than everybody. That's not why I'm saying that. I'm saying it because we have high uh, priority in our gathering together. So we just figured it out. We had we went to like two services where it wouldn't be a, as many people, you know, uh, in one place. And then after that, when they relaxed things, we, we have been uh, joining together again. I think it's just that important. It's very, very important. And so, like, with the measures that are being taken, man, I, it, it seemed like it has been easy for the church to kind of get away from gathering together face-to-face, and that's, and that's a huge problem. 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. Let's go to Donna in Texas. Hi, Donna. Hi, Will. Hello. Hey. Congratulations to you and Mickey and Thank your family you. edition. Thank you. You're welcome. I just wanted to say, you said something earlier um, that I just wanted to encourage also the body of believers because we are, we don't need each other now. We are going to need mm. each other. Yeah. Stuff is getting hot and yeah. heavy, and the army of God has... Um, if that didn't mean anything to you now, it's going to mean something to you. Yeah. Because we're all in it. Yeah. We're all in it. And it's just going to get hot and heavy. So, you know, I'm one of those people who I, I ask what I guess to some people is the hard questions, like, you know, what's God doing in your life lately? Mm. You know, that's mm. a hard question. Mm-hmm. But uh, when it comes to talking about, you know, politics and look, Politics is in our lives, and we're into politics, and we have to be because it we're involved. Just like you guys were saying on the um, show yesterday, yeah, it 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 involves our lives. Yeah, so we have to know what's going on. Yeah. So anyway, I just want to encourage people 
to talk to one another, talk to the body of Christ, mm-hmm. talk to your um, fellow parishioners, you know, mm-hmm. talk to your families. But the thing is this, we believers, we're the ones that have the power, mm-hmm. and we're the ones that have the Holy Spirit. So we have a lot more understanding than everybody else does. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Donna. That's that's true. You know, and like she said, and I said this before, and we'll reiterate it, that we're going to need each other more and more. It doesn't even matter. Like, like it does matter, but I will say aside of who wins this election, we know that it does matter. But even if, uh, you know, the candidate that you want to win does not win, God is still on the throne and we are still headed for, as Christians, you know, a place that we've never been before uh, in this country. And I think, you know, we have to be less relaxed and have to be uh, ones who are watching and redeeming the times, understanding uh, the times that we're living in, understanding that the gospel, as my wife always says, has never dwelt in safety, you know, uh, even in times where it's been felt to be like a prosperous time for the church. Then arose a lot of heresy and different things that had to be contended with. So the gospel has always been in a, in a hostile environment. And we have to be ready ourselves as the people of God, you know, yoke together with other believers, because what's happening now, too, is that uh, there's a separation that's going on. You're able to see even better who are true believers and who are not is being made evident. And so the thing is, we have to be ready. We have to be vigilant and we have to have, you know, people in our corner that are part of the body of Christ who we know uh, are part of that remnant. Let's go to Q in North Carolina. Hi, Q. Hey, how you doing, boss man? Good, man. Hey, hey. Um, you know, I was just thinking about something you had said there, and you was talking about uh about us not wanting to be controversial. Mm. You know, as far as us hurting each other's feelings. Yeah. And you know, just something about that is, you know, something I thought about since I've been saved is we are. I've seen as a body of Christ that we are too sensitive. Mm. Yeah. And that's something that's really that's something that's really affected fellowship. Yeah. You know, as far as our growth, I feel like, you know, there's a there's a place where you can be at where, you know, you might see somebody maybe doing something a little wrong mm-hmm. or maybe straying away from the gospel or, you know, they might see us straying away from the gospel or just from what Christ will have us to do. But the thing is, is we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. And mm. I thought you really hurt <laughs> hit the, the, the nail on the head with that one. Yeah. I just thought it was amazing. You know, but I just think we just need to be praying for one another. Amen. You know, that we can get this sensitivity out. Because, you know, in this day and hour, uh, like Sandy Rio says, you know, the Lord calls us at times to be confrontational. That's and right. that's not just with the world, mm-hmm. but that's also with our brothers and sisters that we may grow in the in a, in a love and in in grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Q. You're right about that. Uh, you know, some things will hurt. You know, the Bible says that faithful are the wounds of a friend. If it's really your friend, if you're really brothers and sisters in Christ, you're going to be able to to tell them certain things. And, you know, um, they're going to have to receive it with love. You know, if hopefully we we say it with love. Let's go to Kevin in Tennessee. Hi, Kevin. Hi, how are you? Doing good. Good, good. One quick question for you Um, with the uh, future the way it is and Mm -hmm. and, uh, scary as as things are going to. Uh, be maybe in November. Is it wrong for us as Christians to pray a lot like Lot did? If Lord, if you find just a few faithful, would you spare us from mm. this 
uh, disaster that's to come. Hmm. It's a good question. I don't think it's wrong to pray that at all. You know, I think God, uh, you know, he hears those prayers. He answers those prayers. And I, and I, I really believe that God is looking for faithful people to pray in that way. You know, uh, I'm, I'm not trying to be doomsday and say that it, and everything is all lost. I don't believe that. I believe that God is on the, on the throne and I believe we can have a great awakening again in this, con- in this country. You know, and so I think prayers like that, man, pray them. Let God use you. You know, and we should pray prayers like that. You know, that God would save, that God would uh, stop this wrath, you know. But we know that there will be hard times as well. So, well, that's it for me. Until tomorrow, Lord willing, God bless.